Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about your right to feel however the fuck you want. Think however the fuck you want. Feel however the fuck you want. Gary cannot tell you slash us how to think and feel, Bachelor Nation. And man, we are feeling a lot of feelings right now and thinking a lot of thoughts, many of them about Gary, and they are not all (laughs) flattering. (laughs) Today, we are joined by journalist and author Lisa Belkin, who was last on the pod to chart Gary Turner's rise to Bachelor glory and is now here full circle for Gary's tumble into relative disgrace. Lisa, thank you so much for coming back. It's such a delight. It it is full circle. And yes, there's a lot to say. (laughs) Yeah, a lot, a jam-packed episode. But before we get started, I wanted to quickly reintroduce myself. Hi, it's Claire. I'm back from maternity leave just in time for Gary's big finale, which is very exciting. I had a baby. Now he's all grown up. He's four months old. So I'm extremely psyched to be able to weigh in on the most important spinoff of The Bachelor, maybe ever, or at least in a long time. And it's amazing. I missed all of you. I missed the show. So it's great to be back. And I also wanted to say a huge thank you to Lee Blickley Zulo for taking over the co-host spot so capably while I was out. We love Lee. I love Lee. She's a friend. She's a longtime colleague. And she covered my first maternity leave as well. So I knew she would do an amazing job, but it was just such a weight off my mind to know that she was helping steer the ship, giving all her, her sharp insights, bringing her thoughtful and empathetic eye to this show. And so I'm, you know, in a way sad that she's not going to be co-hosting the show anymore for me to listen to, but we're going to have her back soon so we can all hang out. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you, Lee. Thanks to you guys, Emma, Talon, the whole Stitcher team for also making my leave possible. 
um, it was amazing to be able to take the leave. And it's it's now amazing to be back. So what a gift. What a gift. We're so happy you're back. And we're so grateful to Lee. And now it's time for us to discuss Costa Rica. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's our final cold open of the season. And Gary is under the volcano on the proposal platform under the shadow of Arenal in Costa Rica. He looks very stressed and he should. You never know when a volcano is just going to erupt. That's Did anyone else start sweating? At this I, I I began to perspire and I didn't really stop for most of the like immediately. So, yes. Yeah, the anxiety was real. I had by the time this episode came around, I'd had two weeks to really digest <laughs> thoughts and review my own theories and conclude that it was going to be Teresa. And so I was just immediately. Yeah stressed out for Leslie literally the moment the episode started, even though she was not in the cold open. Yeah, I think we were in the same position as Leslie ends up by the end of, of her portion <laughs> of the of the episode, which is, I'm taking in all the information here and it's starting to look real bad for Leslie. <laughs> and I don't know what to do with that quite yet. But we finally bring things to a head in this episode. First, we head to the studio where Jesse welcomes everyone to the live special Will Gary find love again? We'll have to see it to believe it, he claims. There's a star-studded audience, Dotton and Charity, Katie and Zach, Gary's daughters, who I really hope are not avid readers of The Hollywood Reporter this week, some of the Golden Bachelorettes, also Joey, future Bachelor. And somewhere in the room with us, there is an announcement that will leave us stunned, which at this point in the evening, I was really hoping and even expecting would be the first Golden Bachelorette. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, no. I, at least you didn't say it's the most dramatic rose ceremony ever. I, I was I was pleased <laughs> that we didn't get that language again. We mixed it up. I also were you guys like annoyed to see the 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 old guard or the young old guard back? It's like we're watching the show, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, I don't want to deal with all of those people. I, <laughs> They're why, always there. Why, yes, yeah, why are they interrupting my program? I, I would like to just. <laughs> I was particularly annoyed with them. Yep, not, not your turn. Please go away. I I always love to see Charity and Dotton. I was like, Zach, whatever. He's there. I was surprised to remember that Zach and Katie existed, which is funny Same. because their season was this year. <laughs> yeah. No, I fully put them out of my mind. So I was like, oh, Dotton and Charity, my best friends. Joey, yeah. my cute new bachelor. Those people. If they still have couples who are together, they are going to bring them to a finale. They must be thrilled that they have two from this season. So I know. This year is still good try. It's a really good year for them. Um, I was also excited to see Reese Witherspoon's daughter, Ava Philippi, and Jennifer Love Hewitt in the crowd. Just a real mishmash. You were watching yeah. a whole lot more carefully than I was then. <laughs> yeah, I did not clock that either. <laughs> well, they kept zooming in on them. They were yeah. like, semi-famous people are here. Yeah. We're also, in. to be fair, my older son refuses to go to bed now, and I was watching this <laughs> about 10 feet away from his bed. So if I miss any details, it's his fault. He refuses to sleep, and there's not much I can do about it. So back to Costa Rica. Gary is ready to find the second great love of his life. He has two women. With Leslie, they get lost in each other, and words become unnecessary. But after his overnight with Teresa, everything changed, and his heart has changed several times. I feel like this is as close as you can come to saying, 
I have now picked Teresa. Yes. That's what I, that's yeah. I underlined everything change. I'm like, okay, so if everything changed and before you said Leslie was the one, I'm gonna gather that the change is towards Teresa. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there was just, not a lot of suspense in this particular no, episode. No. no, I don't think Gary has the best poker face, to be honest. Yeah. It's, Once no, he makes the decisions, yeah, you, you can feel take. it. Every, everyone could feel I know. <laughs> you, I know that's going to be think? controversial. <laughs> was, the entire plot was that Gary has no poker face. Yeah. Yeah. The suspense yeah. became, is he going to be able to convince Leslie that he's still making his decision? And, and then the answer, the answer was no. Was no. <laughs> so... Fortunately, his daughters and his granddaughters are here in Costa Rica to give him guidance because, you know, once you become a grandfather, you know, your daughters become in charge of you in the way that your parents used to be in charge of you. He's like, I have to ask their permission now. I can't get over how one of his daughters looks exactly like him and the other one looks exactly like Tony. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Yeah, and the two sisters look almost nothing alike. Like, you would be confused that they were sisters, except that we've seen photos of their parents. So you're like, oh, yes. It was copy-paste one, copy-paste the other. What is going on in this family <laughs> that that happens that way? Usually it's like a blend. Um, but they're here to give him guidance. And so they sit him down. They ask if either of the women have said they loved him. And he says, yes. And then he admits he said, I love you to both of them. Everyone's getting very blasé about this. They're like, oh, okay, cool. He's very open well, it's about just everyone this. Everyone does it now. Everyone does <laughs> yeah, it. Well, yes, of course I said I love you to both of them. Because isn't that what one does when one has a nice lady here? I, In it, a yes. post-Ben Higgins yeah. world, yeah. yes. But, like, everyone does it, and guess what? It's always a huge disaster. So Correct. you would think the evidence would lead people to make other choices. Uh, Teresa is meeting them first. Gary describes Teresa as a successful businesswoman, very intelligent and logical, and says she's similar to him. It's interesting how he always frames her this way. I almost think that finding out she works in business was maybe actually the big turning point for him. Because he was so surprised on their overnight date when she said that. And it seems like then he really reframed her in his mind. Yeah, he's like, oh, she is this doting mother and this loving wife and also... A successful businesswoman? Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a lovely retirement on a lake in Indiana, it can't hurt to have a former day, a day trader, trader and securities right. analyst. And it here. also might have meant to him that she wasn't after the house on the lake and that, you know, I, I could see how that would be a concern. The, the little hints that he's dropped, he's retired at 55. I mean, there's... There's more money there than we're used to in our bachelors. And it just meant that she was not, that was not a problem with her. Yeah, or the the reverse, because the Hollywood Reporter casts a lot of doubt on whether Carrie has as much money as the show implies. I feel was like that really in the Hollywood unclear. Reporter story, too? Yeah, yeah. I've only also, read, to be honest, like, who cares? I don't, like, yeah. <laughs> we don't care. But um, I, I could see him just feeling good that, he's has a partner who's going to be financially independent like that. Yeah. Regardless normal. of, of yeah. what the underlying uh, direction that is coming from. But Teresa is ready to meet his family. She's carrying a bouquet as big as she is. And she seems 
quite nervous. She hasn't met someone's family in 51 years because of her successful and long marriage to Billy, her high school sweetheart. Was she married Tari- to her high school sweetheart? I, 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 they, I met, hadn't they met when she was 14. I hadn't registered that. Maybe I'm joking. It's school. the only Maybe thing oh. they ever talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I hallucinate her constantly talking? About yeah, I was like, Lisa. It is the topic of conversation that they, they seem to have. Um, so, but we'll get to more of that later. Oh, yes. Uh, Teresa tells them that Gary is the perfect golden bachelor. But then she turns to him and she's like, I don't think you knew what you were signing yourself up for to break so many hearts. And Gary says, but all that is behind me. Except for the one that's in front of me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're about to have to dump at least one woman that you said I love you to, so I don't think all of that is behind you quite yet. Does he understand what's going on? No, I think he's clocked out until the Leslie date, to be honest. Yeah, Teresa has not, though. She's like, yeah, now you just have to focus on two women, just two, because that's normal. He's like, whatever. The hard part is over now. Is it my memory or did they talk more directly than usual about the the other woman in the picture? It may be editing, but there was a lot of direct talk about, but Leslie is still here when they were to each other, not, not just to the camera. They, there was more conversation about the dynamics of the, the triad than I think they do in, you know, the bachelor where they just all pretend to ignore that fact. I thought so, too. I remember thinking that. I I feel like there is a bit of a taboo usually on the show because you don't want to be perceived as being distracted by the other people who are there or the competition aspect. But it does come off as them all living in this fantasy world Mm -hmm. where they can't mention the elephant in the room. And maybe it's the fact that they're a little more mature and older. Yeah, they're just like, obviously, mm-hmm. we can acknowledge right. yeah. there's well, another person. Like, it, we know, yeah. we all know yeah. what we're doing. It fit in with the more practical conversations that they seemed to have. And again, I don't know if those are always had and they're just showing it to us because the theme here is look at these mature grownups. They, you know, they can have the, the hard practical conversations or maybe there are just more practical conversations to have for them. But that was one of the moments where I said, hmm, they're being matter-of-fact and business-like an adult about this, as opposed to pretending this is really Cinderella, which, you know, there there was no pretense of that in, in this show. Yeah, I think often when we see it even come up with the younger shows, too, it's almost like it only comes up if someone is so emotional about it that they can't really avoid having a breakdown over it. And so when it is brought up, it's never in a matter-of-fact way. It's always kind of like through a breakdown. And so, yeah, it is framed very differently um, in this setting. So the daughters sit down with Teresa to try to suss out whether the love is truly reciprocated. And Teresa tells them about her first meeting with Gary and how he offered her birthday cupcakes and asked her to help him clean the frosting off of his lips. And I was like, this is the story you choose to tell. <laughs> She's like, yeah, our relationship is amazing. He tried to get me to lick his lips the first time we met. So yeah. <laughs> draw your own conclusions. But Angie loves this. She's like, smooth move. Like, he's really got game. 
And she was and proud the two of daughters yep. vibes are so different. <laughs> Angie's just like, yeah, dad, like making jokes, ribbing him. And his other daughter, I forget her name. Jenny, I think. Jenny. Jenny is just like serious face analyzing, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assessing the situation. <laughs> no jokes. Teresa shares with them the story of Billy's death from kidney failure. They are very moved. And they definitely seem won over by the fact that she shares their father's widowhood experience and he kind of gets it. She kind of gets it. And they think she seems fun. But I do think that, and I get this as the daughter of a widower who is remarried, that there can be that concern of, you know, will the new person come in and want to be the only woman who was ever in my father's life? And will my mom be kind of erased? And they're getting the sense from how open she is about her husband and his passing that there will be a mutual understanding that their late spouses were very important to them and they won't ever have to worry about that. So that made a lot of sense to me in this moment. Yeah, I agree. I think that this entire meeting felt very easy and I would imagine that there would be an amount of relief and comfort just knowing that someone shares your parents' experience and therefore like is is not going to have to have that explained to them. Yeah, I mean the my mother remarried when she was in her 80s. And the man she married was in almost 90. And they both felt a need to explain to us who were well into our 50s that no, no one is trying to replace your father. (laughs) And it had not occurred to me that anyone was trying to replace my father. But those that's a strong threat um, in in a new relationship, in a family sort of reconfiguring itself. So I really I identified with that conversation. And, you know, you could argue it was, it's the main bond that Gary and Teresa have. I think so. I think it's certainly kind of the the base for them. Yeah. His daughters also ask Gary if, you know, they were able to knock boots and if that clarified some things. (laughs) Angie, again. They are stronger women than I am, honestly. (laughs) I don't think I could have these conversations with my dad. No, zero <laughs> percent. Uh, but he says that behind closed doors, he learned more about Teresa or Teresa. 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 Yeah. Teresa. There's no yeah, Teresa. Teresa. It's Teresa. Teresa was always a safe choice, but, quote, suddenly the kisses were nicer, the hugs were sweeter, and the conversation was easier. Yeah. I just wrote, hmm. Because it kind of it kind of sounds like he's saying the sex was good. I like, I think that's was my that was my takeaway. Suddenly the kisses were sweeter and the hugs the, the kisses were nicer and the hugs were sweeter. We banged is what he's trying to say. We banged and it ruled. But after the meeting, uh, Gary sits down with Teresa and reminds her that he loves her in case she forgot. And she's like, "Well, I love you too." And they make out and things are just flying along for the two of them on that note we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Teresa's last chance date can you keep up i like love it springtime vibes are in the air and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming you probably want to smell the flowers not the litter box but thanks to pretty litter you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want 
Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order. And Get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back. And that night in a villa, it's time for Teresa's last chance date. She's lighting candles and she's wearing a very bold zebra print like wrap mini dress. She she always knows to take a, a risk with her looks. Like she, she, tries she really stuff. does. It's like animal print, bright red lipstick. Breaks yeah. all the rules that they tell you about what to wear on television. Every single rule. She looked good. <laughs> I love it. I love that she always she's looks great. I mean, I love that she's 70 and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna wear shorts on TV. Why wouldn't I wear shorts? Like she really doesn't feel encumbered by these artificial rules that she's also worn a lot of reformation dresses this season (laughs) like i have recognized them i'm like yes Teresa, (laughs) i would also i love that that dress gary however is wearing what looks like a very light zip-up hoodie with nothing underneath what is going on i was and it also looked like he was almost scared that it was going to unzip and reveal his chest because it was zipped like (laughs) Like, all the way up to the neck. It's just, it was a weird vibe. Not usually how you wear a zip-up. Carrie Fetman's been very on point with styling Gary this whole season, but this was a bit of a miss for me. Yeah, I feel like he was trying to go for more of, like, a a sort of sexy, sleazy older man. With <laughs> but like it didn't, chest it didn't hair, But Gary was, like, fit. up to the neck. No, it didn't fit. It just, he... He, he... wasn't right. Yeah, he yeah, looked uncomfortable. No, no, no. <laughs> But despite this, they have a really good conversation in Teresa's room. Gary confesses initially that when he gave her fruit juice, I guess, during the meeting with his daughters, he didn't realize there was vodka in it. And I guess she didn't either. (laughs) She didn't taste it. And she's like, there was. No wonder I was loopy. I loved this moment, especially because Gary... (laughs) Production is literally always giving you a screwdriver. That is your drink of choice. Right. They well, always have a screwdriver ready for you. It he was, was like, an odd. Oh, yeah. just my my OJ. My usual not- OJ. But he picked this glass up out of <laughs> seemingly out of nowhere because I think it was hidden by the flowers. And, and then in the middle of a complete non sequitur conversation, says, "Want some OJ?" And <laughs> it turned out to be you know spiked. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't believe that was an accident. I that was so bizarre. What was what was going on there? Were they was he in cahoots with production trying to make something happen? Like loosen like, her up. Like was he up. trying to loosen her up so she would seem more fun? I it was very bizarre. And also bizarre to me that she didn't notice it was the screwdriver. Yeah. 
She then tells a very confusing to me short story about the first time she ever drank. She's like, the first time I ever drank, it made me sick to my stomach. And it was at Billy's brother's going away party. And then he told me to go to sleep right away. So my parents would let him take me out again. And it was just, you know, and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So you, that was the first time you drank and it made you sick. And it was at Billy's. But I think it was a screwdriver. So she drank. It was a screwdriver. She's She's saying the first time I drank, it was OJ and vodka. And it made me sick to my stomach. And then she gives the anecdote about how when Billy took her home, he was like, just go right to sleep because your parents or else your parents will like, no, you're drunk. But also rewound and watched that three times. And I said, it made her sick. That's why I was saying there's no way she didn't recognize it. I don't care how many years ago it was. If your first drink made you that sick, it is memorable. And, and you, it comes back. That's why I still have a tough time with rum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just be like, those things stick with you. Was that a tequila shot? I didn't even notice. Like, come on. (laughs) I'll remember that forever. (laughs) Gary very sweetly says to Teresa that he loves hearing her Billy stories because it helps him understand her better. Um, Very sweet. (laughs) She's very touched by that. And they connect more on this, like that they can talk about their their late partners together. Okay, but. The entire time they're having this very earnest conversation where the camera is really zooming in on Gary, Gary just has Teresa's lipstick all over his face. It was hard to take him seriously, yeah. It's fully smudged off her top lip. I was like, Teresa, someone needed to tell you, you just needed a mattifying lip stain because you're doing a lot of making out on camera. It's a lot of transfer. It was... It was adorable, but it was just kind of funny because they're zooming in so close on Gary's earnest face and his lips are like a a deep pink. <laughs> yeah, it was clown makeup. He had, he had a clown mouth was, at that point. It was it was uh charming, but I was like, no one's gonna no one's gonna tell him. Okay. Yeah. That is one of the generational differences that I've noticed is that every woman shows up on The Bachelor proper now like full influencer style. They know every innovation in makeup technology. They're so prepared. They're basically professionals yes. at doing their own hair and makeup. Whereas with Leslie and Teresa, you you noticed the difference between their hair and makeup being done by themselves on the show and being done by hair and makeup team on the live finale. It's like they look like different people. <laughs> like these, it's just, te- makeup technology is just different than it was when Teresa was it becoming is. proficient and putting on her own makeup and her lipstick is not up to the task of all this. Okay, but I have out. to say that was one of the things I kind of, I enjoyed about this was yeah. that they looked like yeah. real, they looked like real people. They No, it's not, you know? it's not a dig. Yeah, it's yeah, just a they, noted, it's a noted contrast. And the contrast made you realize how far the, the the younger show, if that's what we want to call it, has evolved to the point where these people are now professionals. And well, because now but I, I, I will say that I think like any Gen Zer mm-hmm. who spends any True. time on TikTok could teach me to put on my makeup. They can certainly can. teach me better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have a lot to learn. But it's also true yeah. that like you watch the first seasons of The Bachelor and oh, it's, it's much so more different. like what we see from the Golden Bachelorettes. And very quickly it became, yeah, veneers and professional level makeup application. It's It has been professionalized. So Teresa brings up the elephant in the other room, Leslie. Gary says it's not going to be easy when there's two wonderful women and one rose. 
that's a pretty binary situation. I wish he hadn't used the word binary. It made me wonder about Gary's thoughts on other kinds of binaries for the first time. He was like, that's a binary situation if I ever saw one. Teresa says she's all in, and if it isn't her, it would be extremely hard, but she would still want him to be happy. She only wants him to choose her if he is overwhelmingly wanting her. And he promises he won't give her the final rose if he's not 1,000% committed. I had a bit of a chuckle. I mean, obviously, this is all very relatable. She's being very generous. Like, I want you to be happy. It's going to be so hard for me, but I'll be okay. But she, she's like, I'm going to be okay. I just want you to be happy. And then she says, like, I will die if it's not me. <laughs> like, but don't worry but about I'm that. Gonna be, but it's going to be fine. NB, like, M- no, NBG. Like, I'll just die. Yes, you'll be doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be dead. It's, I just, I don't know. There's something about that contrast that made me laugh. <laughs> and in her in the moment, Teresa points out that she doesn't know actually what he said to Leslie. And he said, I love you to her. But has he also said it to Leslie? Like, just in this post-Ben Higgins world now, these women know this is a possibility. So I think even the I love you doesn't mean as much anymore because... When it yeah, happened I don't, with JoJo and Lauren, they were both like, oh, my God, it must be me. Because you don't just say I love you before the finale. Now they all know that can happen. And they just have to take that I love you with a giant grain of salt. Right. But yeah, then he did, went one not... step further. So that was the problem, right? The I yeah. love you wasn't the problem here. Right. That's what I was going to say, is that I don't think either of them seems so shaken by the idea that he might say I love you to the other one. They kind of assume that baseline. Both. Teresa and Leslie are longtime viewers of The Bachelor, so they know the conventions and they know how that has evolved. But yeah, what ends up getting to Leslie is all the other things that he says. Like, you're the one and I'm picking you. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those, those I can't kinds live without of things. You. Yes. <laughs> I, I think you're the one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So now it's time for the daughters and granddaughters to meet Leslie. And Gary keeps talking about how funny Leslie is, her sense of humor. She always teases him. They laugh together. And his daughters seem really into this quality because they know their dad. A jokester. Big jokester. And Leslie is feeling extremely confident, which is rational. Like, (laughs) he, she's like, yeah, Gary told me I was the one and he wanted to be with me. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, obviously. And, and you're like, yeah, fair. And then as we learn later, he clearly said some other more explicit things yes. about his yeah. plans. So, yeah, she's feeling good. And she also brings up their shared sense of humor immediately when she sits down with his daughters and granddaughters. She's like, you know, not everyone finds me funny, but hard to go. believe. I think Leslie's delightful. Leslie tells them that Gary seems really prim and proper, but on the overnight date, he said the word bleep. It's clearly fuck. And she thought, oh, good. I can swear in front of him. Gary then clarifies that this was said with an exclamation point and not a question mark. And everyone just loses it laughing. (laughs) Including me. I I know. I was like, that's pretty good. That was good. I I was laughing too. The the writer in me was like, yeah, that's a good line. It's it's a punctuation joke. It's a sex joke. It's a good, good, it has it all. Good for you. Well done. A lot of the time, Gary seems more nice than sort of clever, shall we say. But then there are these moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, nice one. (laughs) Nice one, Gary. (laughs) 
His daughter Jenny says that his playful and laughing dynamic with Leslie is more what she would expect from him with a partner in the past. He really communicates through jokes. And yeah, you do see that in his dynamic with uh, Angie especially as well. And then the granddaughters talk to Leslie. I love this idea as a granddaughter myself. I mean, aren't we all? That uh, that you would like get kind of approval over your your grandparents' uh, partners. Uh, my grandma really did not ask me for my. Or permission. at least you would make good video, right? That, yeah, <laughs> you might not be getting actual approval, but it's a great concept. It, it's so loved sweet. it. Yeah. Loved it. They're like, "What do you think about our grandpa?" She tells them that she loves how heartfelt, sincere, and good he is. And they're like, we think he's really good, too. Oh, my God. We have so much in common. And after this, Peyton is basically like, I think she's the older granddaughter. She's like, we were pretty sad on Teresa after yesterday. But now, I mean, Leslie. They're both so great. Leslie. Yeah. They seem blown away. Leslie then sits with Gary's daughters and tells them that she told Gary that the till death to us part part aspect of marriage scares her a little bit. She's never had that. And Gary has. And, you know, she's been divorced twice and she's wanted that, but it's never worked out. And she said, she says that Gary made her feel comfortable. He reassured her. And that was so comforting for her. And a calm came over her. And it's like she knew she wanted that with Gary. And Ugh. and my heart their interpretation. Broke. Yeah. My heart they, broke. It, I mean that that was the moment where my heart broke. He, me too. She told him her worst fear. He reassured her it wasn't important, and it turned out that that was, I think, how he made his entire decision. Yeah. Yeah, he basically I says so, so later, too. and we will get to that. But it's clear even before he says it, I think. But then he does say it. So it seems also that Gary's daughters are interpreting it sort of the same way that that Gary, unfortunately, did. I thought did. it was just such an ungenerous interpretation. Like I get that you're the daughters; you have so little information to go off of. You're just kind of looking for holes wherever you can, I would imagine, in these short meetings. But it made me sad because I read that as, like, Leslie is opening up to his children. She's being so honest and and vulnerable with that disclosure and, like, expressing her process as a way to say, I'm so committed to your father. Like, I had to go through this thought process and I got there because of our partnership. And instead, the takeaway is, like, Maybe she's just not, she's anxious and fearful of this commitment and she's actually not sure. And that's where the emotion is coming from. It was, yeah, I I, I think I had a head in a pillow at that point. Yeah. Don't, don't want to yeah. see this. This is, this is now going to be bad. This is no longer just, oh, cool, fun finale. I'm invested and, and it's going to hurt. Yeah. That was really painful. I, it especially is sad because she is talking sort of about how she's wanted it and it hasn't worked out. And there's got to be some fear bound up in that, which is like, what if I let myself believe that I'll get to have this and then it's taken away right. and it's being it, interpreted exactly. as she doesn't think she can do it. She doesn't have the skills. Like, like she even says through no choice of my own. Yeah. And like, I, come on, like as women in this country, 
we should all know how many divorces happen because men fucking suck. Come on. <laughs> like, and we're going to hold that science, against women people. who, like, are left or who liberate themselves from really unequal or or difficult marriages. That really breaks my heart. Right. And she even said point blank that she took it a step further. It wasn't just, I had these relationships and the men acted badly and ended them and I I would have stayed. She then went a step further and said, so I wonder if I am lovable. I wonder if I am worthy and if I can, if I deserve, if I can maintain a lifelong relationship. So every time Gary was saying, you know, my wife of, of nearly 50 years, what she was hearing was, you're capable of doing that. I don't know if I am. And it was, it was rough. It, it, was, it was rough to be Leslie um, yeah. with this comparison. It's getting rougher and rougher. Um, they ask, the daughters ask where Gary is on the decision. And he says, well, I know it has to be a woman I can't live without. But beyond that, I'm stumped. <laughs> this, That's we his need rubric. like a count of how many times. He quotes Trista, <laughs> Trista. throughout, and at, like as though again, as though Trista like came up with this yeah. all on her own. N- n- never heard it before, but like he, this is like his only fallback. Yeah, he says it so many times. And after this conversation, he's like, "Wow, this has really awoken me to the fact that this is a big decision I'm about to make." Yeah. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every day previously, he says he's been able to be composed, organize his thoughts, rein in his emotions, and he's not doing so good today. It's wait, 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 wait. This, this guy who has cried through the entire <laughs> Bachelor says that he's been composed and reined in his emotions? I just wonder what standard he's working off of because he's been, like, telling women he loves them. He's been crying. He's been—it actually seems like he's been kind of a mess in certain ways. Right. Or when he said that Teresa was like him because, you know, she's very logical and practical. And I'm like, I have not seen that. I have seen the man who's leading with with his heart, which is charming, perhaps. Yeah. But, but no, he's an emotional ball of angst. I do think men are so resistant to identifying themselves as emotional. Like, they're always yeah. logical. Yeah. It's just Obviously, baseline. I'm logical. They're a man. I'm a man. Also, I feel like he is maybe attributing the fact that he has super compartmentalized his relationships to some incredible feat of um, emotional restraint and organization. And actually, it's just a really bad decision because (laughs) it's led him into a situation where he has made commitments to two women and he can only fulfill commitments to one. And I'm like, Gary, maybe that was actually not a good strategy. Maybe you should have been a little bit more awoken to the big decision that you needed to make. So after this meeting, Gary and Leslie do a quick little debrief. And then Gary is sort of like, well, ready to go. And she Uh, uh, curls into him and says, well, I never want to leave. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, anyway, I'd better go. Give me a big fat hug. I, I like, started to crawl out of my skin at this (sighs) point and feel ill. And Leslie clocks this immediately. Like, she is so relatable because she is a very emotionally aware person. And so she can 
really read when someone's state is changing. Yeah. But what are you supposed to do with that information if the person isn't offering it up, right? I mean, she's still giving, like, love bubble. Like, we can't bear to be not touching each other. And he's giving, like, like, I have to get to my next appointment. Yeah. Yeah, He really switches into manager mode with her very quickly. And you see the moment in her face. There, there, there's yeah. just one moment where she's like, oh, we're in different territory here. We, and they, she immediately said it. She uh-huh. says, you know, his mannerisms are different. He's not himself. Something is off. And she says, and I'm very anxious, but I'm trying to calm myself. I just, I started to feel like this pit in my stomach of like reliving every relationship I've been in where I could like feel that someone was gonna break up with me. yeah. It's like sickening. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to finish out Leslie's last chance date. Can you keep up? I like love it. And we are back. And I have emotionally recovered for a second before, you know, we plunge back into emotional trauma. Before the sobbing. Yeah, before the sobbing begins. But Leslie is looking stunning for her last chance date with Gary. She's in this like bodycon black dress, skinny straps with like floral appliques. It's not even bodycon. It's sort of like clinging and silky, you know, it drapes. Yeah, not quite bodycon. That's true. It's like it's like um a tighter but drapey like a dress. Yeah, like a like a clinging slip with floral appliques around the neckline. It's beautiful. She looks beautiful. Gary has stepped it up. He's in a button-down for her. But Leslie's feeling very nervous. And maybe the button-down is more a sign that he's in business mode. Did anyone note that, like, that was the button-down we've seen in all the promos where he's saying he's a horrible person who broke someone's heart? Because the minute I saw him in that shirt, I was like, well, it's happening. Yeah. It's time. After Gary toasts to a good day with his family, she brings up that he wasn't himself earlier in the day. He apologizes. He says, you know, the pressure is just getting to me. Time is running out. I have to make a life-changing decision. I'm so sorry. And Leslie is very understanding. She's like, of course, you have so much to deal with. But she gets sort of emotional and says, you know, I just didn't know if it was me. Which, of course, it is. So, oof. He, however, reassures her with a big hug and says something like, well, this is just our first dip as a couple, which given the fact that he knows it's not going to be her. There will be no other dips. This is the dip as a couple. That was kind of (laughs) our first and last dip. Yeah, this was so odd because she could read exactly what's happening, but he's trying so hard to like finish the act, mm-hmm. I guess, at this point. This happens he in so many seasons rambling now. for the script. He just wants the script. What am I supposed to do here? What are the yes. rules? Am I allowed to just be honest with her? No, there's that camera over there, and we still have several acts of this play to go through. So I guess I have to be reassuring, but he's very, it's so, very it's bad at it. So, so bad at it. Because he's like, oh, I need to reassure her yep. in order to immediately... Yeah, and then he started doing things, I'm sure you took notes too, where, you know, she says, you make me feel whole. And he said, thanks for that. Oh, we're going to get to that. There is a whole conversation between them that made me want to die. But first, Leslie has a gift for him. And it's one of those like leather Mm. journals with like the leather ties that close it. A memory book. 
And he opens it, and she's like, it's a very manly book because it's made of leather. (laughs) And it's just full of production photos, including one of them kissing against a wall. He's like, that's a really hot moment. And And, he says, I really appreciate what you've done. And she says, it was easy to do, which it literally was, because (laughs) production obviously did it. Leslie did not take all of these third-party pictures of herself and have them printed up. But they kiss. It's a beautiful, like, classic Last Chance Date moment where the contestant gives a sentimental, memory-based gift of their time together. And then Leslie begins her declarations. She says, you make me feel whole. And he says, as you said, Lisa, thanks for that. She tells him that... I was she can't imagine point. being without him. And he says, that's huge. The lengths to which he goes to not reciprocate a single thing she says, he's then like, so anything else you want to tell me? And <laughs> anything else you want me to know? And she says, I love you very, very much. And he says, that's such a special sentiment. Like this man has already told her, I'm in love with you. And he is refusing to say it. He didn't say it earlier. She says, you know I do. And he says, I know. I can feel it. And she, you can just see it in her face that she is searching yeah. for an answer. And She's she staring like, like she, deeper and deeper at him. Like, clock in, please. Like, what's going yeah, on? Are you going, going to on? say anything back to me right now? And, and he, he does not. Instead, he says to her, be happy. Which... What? Like, I hated this. Because it's, you. first of all, you can't tell someone who's hurting to be happy. And first of all, and second of all, like, you are you know that you're about to make her unhappy. He was just coming up with words. I, I, I know. Yeah. He, he was, was he just was throwing scrambling. out words and trying to get out of that. I know. Yeah. I was he was just like, like, I can't say the thing that's going to make her happy, so right. I will just say, be happy. Be happy. And actually, and, the, the crime didn't happen during that conversation. The crime happened in, in the fantasy suites when he told her things that he shouldn't have told her because he yeah, wasn't ready absolutely. to tell her. And here, what, you know, kind of what else was he supposed to do except, what frankly, sh- what he did? next which was the only thing he could do and i well we will get to that too but i i did respect that in a way at least yes i was just ended this this i mean at this point it's obvious that leslie knows exactly what has happened she's like he already said these things to me he's now refusing to say them back he's not even saying something like that might seem a little bit more i haven't made my decision yet equivocating like you know how I feel about you, or, you know, I He's feel so strongly for you. He's not saying anything he except that, her. wow, what you just said about me makes me feel really special and yeah. is a really big deal, which it doesn't even give a hint of of referring to the reciprocal feelings. And, and she's like, okay, lie. this is it. She looks devastated. Right. He's squirming. He's not feeling special. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's right. It's, it's, this is <laughs> so not making true. him feel special. They all have their own way of navigating the declarations that they can't respond to. And I, I understand how hard that is. It has always made me squirm when he says that makes me feel so special because I'm like, I just don't know if I would ever want to hear that in response, even if even if you can't say it back. I don't think that would be on my list of things I would be OK with being told. <laughs> 
There's no good answer. But and at this point, Gary seems to just sort of panic and he's like, okay, I guess it's time for me to go. Yeah. But they're both crying as they part ways. Like it's in that moment, I was like, Gary, yeah, just tell her it's done. She, just do the thing. She literally says, Is there anything you want to tell me? She knows. She's like, Can she you knows. just tell me now? Tell me now. I can tell that you want to tell me. And he says, No, I just have an impossible decision to make. After he leaves, they basically do the exact same thing. They go and sit down. He sits down on the stairs in the hotel outside her room. She sits down on the couch again, and they both just cry into their hands. so sad. And Leslie says, this broke my heart. She says, I'm not confident anymore. I know why he was off today. I know exactly why. And Gary says... We've had a rhythm and an awareness with each other. When you have that with someone, they're going to know. And because True. she knows that something is off, I have to go talk to her. I will say, I this was like the only point in the episode <laughs> when I thought that his relationship experience and his uh, somewhat uh, maturity that he has earned through the years showed at all. Because often I feel like leads will not show any awareness of the fact that someone that you have that rapport with can tell when you're not feeling the same way. And they'll just yes. be like, why are you Why are you acting weird? Like, I haven't told you that it's over yet. And he's like, of course she knows. We, we have this easy rapport. She can sense how I'm feeling. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I thought this was like a good, a good moment for him of just, okay, I can't drag this out any longer. I know what's going on. She knows what's going on. It's cruel to drag it out. So he goes back, he knocks on the door, and the minute she sees him, she's just resigned and exhausted. You can just see it on her face. She's like, okay. She looks terrible. She looks like a different person than the one who opened the door, um, or, you know, minutes earlier. Scooped out. Yeah. She's been scooped out. Like she's exhausted and sad, and she's doing the thing where she's like preparing herself to be rejected and grieve. It's awful. Gary says, they sit on the couch. Leslie's like, go ahead. And he says, well, it's been difficult, but I've made a decision of how I want to go about this. I have fallen in love with Teresa, and that's the direction I'm going to take. Okay, this made me lose my mind because all of a sudden, Gary has like gone cold and he is talking to Leslie as though she is like an employee that has been passed over for a promotion by another employee. He's like, you know, you're both two really qualified candidates, but we just yeah. decided to go in the other direction. Yeah. Better luck next yeah. time. Yeah, those are my notes. What is she, a job applicant? Yeah. yeah. This is absolutely classic job applicant being rejected language. <laughs> like, where else do you ever see this? And I think it's particularly <laughs> striking because in so many ways, Gary's emotional maturity and the ability he's had to make all of these women feel very like seen in very specific ways. Like this is feels like such a departure from that, that I was kind of startled by it. Yeah. It does seem like, as you were saying before, Lisa, he's like reaching desperately for the script. Like, yeah, he knows he fucked up. He said things to Leslie that can't be taken back and that gave her reasonably different expectations of how this was going to go. And so he can't just be like, oh, we shared these special moments and like, I'll always care for you. But like, 
this has to be the end of the road for us. He he has to make like a much harder left turn with her. And so he is reaching for this, like a script with very clear clinical language because he I just, he can't find another way to navigate what, it. What's happened? I just wish he had said, I told you things I shouldn't have. Right. And I'm so sorry, but my feelings changed in a way I didn't anticipate. Right. Like just owning Which he thing. got around he, to eventually, but mm, sort of. I sort don't of. I'm not sure any of us are prepared to have this tough a conversation in front of cameras with all these no. emotions. I mean, she these emotions were real. They, he was looking for a script, but he was dealing with with real feelings. And she really fell for him. And I think he really fell for her. And he truly believed the things he said when he said them. And was this the point in the show, Emma, where I, I texted you and said something like, so the entire concept of the show just sucks? Yes. <laughs> yes. That because is the thing this is show. its inevitable conclusion. If everything goes as it should go, yes. and that's somebody what they want. This gets is- hurt. Uh, yeah, I think that the parts that felt less inevitable to me was that he was too blasé with the promises he made. Like, I think a lot of leads do indicate feelings that they can't maybe follow through on, but they don't necessarily say, you are the one, and then in their off-camera time, clearly say something that indicates, I'm choosing you. And, like, that, that yeah. is what feels different here. But Leslie is hurt. And she's pissed. And I love that she allowed herself to express those things. She says, okay, so everything you told me the other night was a lie. And he says, no, it wasn't. And she says, no, everything you told me was a complete and utter lie, Gary. And he's like, wait, I I have it. I've looked at the script. I know what to say now. At that time, it was the truth. But things have evolved. <laughs> Things have evolved. Incredible line. This is such a classic Bachelor get out of jail free card for pulling this move is saying, no, at the time I said that it was the truth. And this is why you got to study your Bachelor history, Gary, more, a little more closely <laughs> than you did, because every single time that a Bachelor finds himself resorting to that line, it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't make anyone feel better. It doesn't fix the situation. It doesn't make you look less like a jerk. Because... Everyone knows that those words carry a lot of weight. It shouldn't just be what you felt like in that moment. And that doesn't make it, like, the lie is in the the um, implied commitment that it carries to continue to work on that and to move that relationship forward. Not the fact that, like, oh, you didn't feel in that moment, like, love for me. The lie is that it implied that he was choosing her and that he said he was choosing her. Oh, my God. So she asks where she went wrong, and he says she didn't go wrong, and he just tried to learn as much about both of them as he could, and you're both wonderful, but only one of you is right. She begins to sob, and he says, believe me, if I knew how much pain I would cause somebody, I would never have taken the first step on this journey. And that doesn't seem to comfort her. She's holding her as she's sobbing, and then she lifts her head and says, it's typical. It's my life. This is the way it always goes. And he says, no, no, that's not it. No, don't think that. And we do have a clip of the exchange that follows. Doesn't matter, Gary, no offense. I don't... I can think whatever the I want. Yeah. Right now, 
I'm heartbroken once again. But now I have to do it in front of the whole world. And see what's again. How broken I am. How no one chooses me. You didn't choose me once again. You made it sound like you chose me. You said things to me that made me think that this was going to be it. You led me down a path, and then you took a turn and left me there. And that's how I feel. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was crying watching this and also was kind of in awe of how well she articulated that pain in such a raw state. Like, I felt every single word she was saying. Yeah. I think so often, I mean, I've been waiting for a a breakup that really, I mean, Faith's was pretty bad, that really brought this to the the fore. But I feel like there's something (sighs) potentially really, really hard about these breakups on the show because this is supposed to be sort of a chance at love for people who are later in life. You hear a 24-year-old be like, no one ever chooses me. Like, when will I get my turn? And you're like, like, whatever. You're hot, you're 24. It'll happen. Lots of people are single at 24 and like they end up, you know, finding happiness with someone. But this really hits. Like she has had a lifetime of feeling rejected and not chosen. And, And now she's approaching, you know, her retirement years And what if it never happens for her? That's a very realistic possibility for someone in her position. And that is devastating. Like, she clearly really wants it. And she has this lifetime of seeing it slip through her fingers. And it's happening again in front of us. And I was like, maybe this is actually too real to see on TV. I know. The things we've been so impressed by with this show or that we've had such, such an impact on us with this show is is the thing that makes this ending so much more painful than because we've seen other messy breakups um, and I've been brought to tears before by this show but this this felt this felt different this felt magnified because exactly what you said Claire that if you position the entire show as about grief and overcoming grief and second chances and and the world thinks that we don't deserve this but look we do to take that away is very different than just mm-hmm. not being yeah. the winner of of this reality game show it it, it is no, that's, very that's different exactly yeah. yeah yeah there's something about saying oh well People say love is for the young, but we deserve the, this fun and excitement in our lives. But of course, the flip side of that is is the loss and the confusion and the anxiety of trying to find someone. And the stakes of that are so high when you, you know, don't have an entire, you know, life ahead of you, your, the rest of your 20s, your 30s, et cetera, to find that. And it was really, I just got goosebumps all over my body like every time I hear this speech because you just feel how many, many years of hurt and despair behind it. Yeah, it just really, it really hit something soft inside of me. And also just her acknowledging so overtly like the layers of pain 
that exists because this is a TV show. Like I to hear it acknowledged, like you're you're not just doing this to me. You're doing this to me in front of the whole world. Like I'm going to have to relive this for months. Everyone who knows me is going to see this. And like you've put me in this position to have to experience this deep pain on multiple levels. It's just, it's so devastating. Now he yeah. did spare her the, the you yeah, know. Well, yes. What it I, could I'm have very been. Glad that, she I'm very glad that he did. And she says this. She says, it's mind boggling to be honest that you can talk to me all night. Tell me you love me. And then one day later, not even one day, 12 hours later, you changed your mind. I poured my heart out, fell in love with you, fell in love with your family today. The only good thing is now I don't have to walk down there in that $60,000 dress <laughs> with the diamond earrings and get on that platform and be completely embarrassed. And that I thank you for. I want to see the dress. I want I know. to we see got the a little dress. glimpse of it. We got a little glimpse of it, which is what kind of tripped me up because they did clearly make them do promo shots in the dresses when they picked them. Oh, because in last week's promo, last week's promo, there was a shot of her in the blue dress, but clearly it was before proposal day because that Aww. never happened. Yeah. Oh man. So <sighs> Gary very weakly to all of this says that he is sorry. And then he says, I wish there was something I could say, but I know there isn't very wise. And Leslie says, no, there's nothing you can say or do that would make me feel better. But he does hold her while she sobs a little bit longer. And Leslie gathers herself and says, at the end of the day, I wanted you to be happy. And I thought that was with me. Teresa is a great girl. I have nothing bad to say about her, but I'm just blown away. I'll see myself out, says Gary. And he does. Weird last line to not even be like, again, I'm so sorry. I guess I'll see myself out. <laughs> I He's always just like, try not to judge people based on what I they know. didn't say just because that could have been clipped out. Like maybe True. he said something else. But right. <laughs> his You're tone being very was, generous. Yeah, it I was, don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Look, no one behaves perfectly in a breakup. We're always nitpicking. These people are dealing with very real emotions. Um, but yeah. it was just, it's so hard to watch. And when Gary leaves, Leslie just curls up into the arm of the couch, sobbing, like, heave, like heaving yeah. sobs, saying, it's not fair. And she gets up, leaves the suite, and just says, I'm done. In her in the moment, she looks just exhausted. She looks like she's been crying for hours. She admits that she just had had visions of being on that platform and Gary saying, I choose you today. She says, I'm tired of putting myself out there. Sorry. No, she says, I'm tired of putting too. myself out there. Time is running out. Time is running out. Time is running out. That was what she stuck with me from that, that me conversation. Too. Time is running out, which is... You know, that's how you have to feel after a certain point in your life is that you're closer to the end than the beginning and you don't have endless amount of time for this crap. Yeah. And she's just been like beaten down by her experiences yeah. in relationships, clearly. And it was just so yeah devastating to and hear you her articulate how this. healing you, she thought it would have been to yeah. be publicly chosen in this way, to like have the world see her being chosen and deemed worthy of that. And now it is the exact opposite. She feels that it's like a public advertisement of the fact that she is not worthy of that. 
Um, and like a public um, affirmation of the worst story she tells about herself. And we all have those narratives. And it's so painful when they feel like they're being confirmed. Yeah. <sighs> Gary gets to run to the strong arms of Daddy Palmer. Jesse greets him, asks if he's okay. Gary does not seem okay. And in fact, he no. says, I'm not okay. He's, And we've seen many parts of this in the promos. Gary says, I took a good person and broke their heart. I took a really good person and fucking broke their heart. I hate myself. I hate everything right now. He seems extremely shaken and tearful. Oof. I mean, I do feel that he brought a lot of this on himself, but also the show is very cruel and difficult to navigate and yes. it wants these kind of scenes and it, they definitely um, helped him get to this point and the the sentence I hate myself I hate everything right now um, just I don't know it just seemed very familiar to me of those moments when you're just so um, upset and depressed that you kind of retreat into like a childlike state almost. Yeah. And I've yes. definitely been there where I'm just like, I can't believe that I fucked up so much. I can't believe that I suck so much that like everything sucks and I hate everything. <laughs> it's awful to watch someone go through that. Cause it's, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, you made some mistakes, but like you shouldn't hate yourself and you're not a bad person, you know, like the, like people hurt people. Um, and I think, yeah, he's in that state of extreme exhaustion and so shaken by it all that he's just in a shame spiral. And it's it's hard to watch. He says, I think the only time I've ever felt worse in my life was when my wife passed away. And this is a goddamn close second. She's a good person and I fucked her over. I can't get out of my head. I don't think I will ever get out of my head. The look on her face. Yeah, there's the way this keeps happening on this show and now it's happening with the Golden Bachelor. I go back and forth between just thinking about how cruel this show is and how it sends, honestly, these male leads out there to do these things that it's almost like they're sending soldiers off to war and then they're receiving them back and, and they're just like broken by what they've done and the guilt they have to live with on basically the guidance of a, a higher power on their orders, on their direction. On the other hand, I find myself being like, how is it that all of these men are so gormless and naive and thoughtless that they keep doing this shit to women? And then they're like, what happened? I don't understand how I hurt someone so much. And I was like, what? What happened? Now, talking about a script, it's like, okay, it's happening over and over. It's Groundhog Day. Let's also, hurt another one. And, yeah. and yeah. Th th I think the problem is the show is playing an active role, obviously. So that's where I texted I you, the think, entire concept. Yes. The show. <laughs> yes. But, but I also, I think at the same time, they are helped by the fact that this is like a fairly common straight man cultural mm. dating script of like moving ahead, moving ahead, saying the things to move ahead. Yeah. Future casting, and, love bombing. Yeah, yeah, until you get to the point where you want out and then you have to make the abrupt turn. And, and it is like, yeah. Ugh, yeah, it's just it's just hard to watch. So we cut right to the studio. Leslie is been has been watching all of this from the couch on stage. She looks gorgeous. She's in 
She's in black. Her hair is clearly professionally blown out. And she looks very sad, but beautiful, but very sad, but beautiful. <laughs> and I love that she has her, her star of David still yeah. very prominent on. Yeah, she looks very, very rocker chic and, and cool and sad. And she tells cool and sad. Jesse <laughs> that vibe. she feels the heartbreak again watching it back. And she was so devastated. She was vulnerable and let down her walls on the show. And she fell in love with Gary for the first time that she had fallen in love in a really long time. And she tells Jesse that up until overnight, she was 100% certain she was his girl, which is a callback, of course, to him literally saying to her, you are my girl. <laughs> and then she brings up She's things. like, I was sure because... The, he said it. Yeah. He said, said those it. words in yeah. that order. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. So weird that I would trust that. And then he said things to her on their overnight. Then she fell in love with his granddaughters, Charlie and Peyton. Jesse asked her how confident she was it would be her. And she says 100%. She picked out a, dr- a dress. She wrote vows. She imagined having a life together, walking the dogs, taking them to places in Minneapolis. I have this whole life planned for us. He must have said some very strong things. I think he literally said, I am picking you and we're going to have a life together. And, and here's what it will look like. like. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he was quite explicit because I think, and I think me, I don't think he necessarily didn't mean it in that moment, but I think he was very reckless. I just he think was that like, if I'm you're going great. to do that, like, then he goes into his day with Teresa, like, well, you know, I just had an amazing day with Leslie, but I really have to stay open to Teresa. And I'm like, no, once you promise someone that they were it, then you probably right, should stay open to the other person. <laughs> Pick one. So <sighs> she is obviously devastated by this, but she says, you know, I usually go through life cautiously optimistic. I don't count on things until I have them. Even getting a rose every week in the house. But the morning after our overnight date, I had let myself be confident. I felt like he chose me. She's like, I felt like he chose me because he literally said, you're the one. Yeah. So. I can't live without you. I have to yeah. have you with my morning coffee. <sighs> Gary joins her on stage. She clearly is still very affected by seeing him. And she gets the floor. So she begins with quite a long speech. She tells Gary that she's. Had a lot of time to process. She's much better than she was, but she wanted to tell him that she fell in love with him for so many reasons. The way his eyes sparkled when he looked at her, the way they made each other laugh. You got my stupid humor, she says. She, she says, sa- like, his nose crinkles. I, I yeah. was like, this is a weird reverse fucked up when Harry met Sally yeah. speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says she was completely authentically herself with him and she mentioned some sweet things that he did like slipping her a note on a group date that meant so much to her and all she wanted was to make him happy and to give him that till death do us part and then she says the most important oh. thing i fell in love with was your integrity because i haven't really been with a man that had integrity like you the or so i thought is silent And she says, because of that integrity, she didn't take his words for granted. She took them and put them in her heart. Everybody knows what was said on camera, she says, but only you and I know what was said on the overnight. And Mm. she doesn't reveal what what those words were, but she says they gave her 100% certainty that she was his girl. And she wasn't even jealous about his date with Teresa. She was ecstatic watching him go to that date. She knew he had to finish the process, but she was... 
certain enough that she picked out a dress the same blue as their eyes and she wrote vows. It was the happiest day of her life except the day she thought was coming. This is such a, just an incredible and devastating way to levy this critique because it is framed as like, I knew these core things about you. And because you have these great qualities, I trusted you and your words meant something. So why did you give me words that actually didn't mean anything? It's, who, Yeah. But while she was describing all the things that she loved about him, I realized that since the last commercial break, my view of him had changed. So mm. she's describing this man whose nose crinkles and whose eyes sparkle and I'm not looking at that guy anymore. You know, yeah, you're like, Ugh. the one who we, when we first met him, we just thought was a breath of fresh air. And I'm thinking, all oh, right, he's just a guy who says stupid He's things. a man. <laughs> yeah. Look, that, that we always come to this point with any man on this show. I think, I think it yeah. feels we a little different with Terry. We would escape the But the you're curse. like, no, he is surely, in fact a man. Surely he's in 50 years of being an adult <laughs> man, he's, he's learned a better way. He has not. And, Shortly before the finale, of course, the Hollywood Reporter article came out, the expose that was like a little oversold. It was I like think it was the dark history, the, the dark secrets of Gary Turner, the Golden Bachelor. I think we all thought from that headline that he was like a Nazi or a sexual abuser. Yes. And so, but I will say that it painted a picture that. While one-sided, he didn't, you know, respond to really anything that was said in it. It did paint a picture that looks like the Gary that emerges at the end here, which is he yeah. dated someone. He made a lot of quick and strong promises. And then he suddenly was just sort of like not interested anymore and turned sort of cold on her. And that's not a high crime. When you read in an expose, you're sort of like, is this an expose? I don't understand. <laughs> But when you watch it unfold, it doesn't leave you with a lot of respect for how that person handles relationships. Yes, it certainly um, paints a picture. It certainly lowers the pedestal, right? And all yeah. of those things are human and and probably healthy for us to not put anyone on reality television on a pedestal. I did think that the expose was oversold and seemed so designed to be a takedown that I was kind of left being like, is this national news? But I agree with you that when coupled with what we saw, it certainly indicates some sort of a relationship pattern that is not um, ideal. Yeah, and not part of his brand. No. Um, yeah, I, I really... I really was let down by Jerry at this point. And <laughs> so was uh, <laughs> I really was let down by Gary at this point that there was my time. And <laughs> Leslie was too. She says, you know, it changed. I didn't know how or why. I feel like you painted a picture for me of what our life could look like. And you handed that picture to me. And that's what I was building on in my head. And I just want to know what happened. And you know, I know it was your choice. I always knew that. But you do ha you did have the choice not to tell me those things. So I want to oh, know. Clapping. What Just happened. clapping. Yes. Yes. Leslie, you said all the things. Gary says he's so sorry. And then to me, it did feel like instead of really addressing what she said head on, he reverts to his script, which is 
when he came on the show, his head was ready for the process, but his heart wasn't. It became so difficult with each rose ceremony. He didn't want to hurt anyone. He tried to give every person his undivided attention. He got caught up in moments and said, I love you. And in those moments, he meant it. I just want to point out, like, she never, she was not talking about the I love you. At no point does she take issue with the I love you. And Mm -hmm. he says, which I think is probably true in his head, you are the person I believed was my person until I suddenly knew you weren't. He says she did nothing wrong. It was just better with someone else. And he says it was the right person in another direction. I'm so terribly sorry. I will never forgive myself for the pain I caused along the way. He also at one point brings in some of the other women he sent home when he is talking to Leslie, which yeah, I really was hated. He's very like, strange. He's like, wait, you know, it was yeah. so hard with Faith and even Ellen and Ellen and Faith are like in the audience looking like disgusted, like <laughs> d- like teary-eyed, like dagger faces. And I was like, that's gross. Like, that's yeah. just kind of shitty. Like, make this apology about Leslie, not right. about anyone else. Faith deserves her own separate yeah. apology yeah. because like, you said like I separate. love you in front of Faith's family and then you dumped her at a rose ceremony. So, yeah. yes, she deserves her own apology and so does Leslie. I do think it's, it made me really um, sad and I thought it was telling in not such a great way that Gary brought Faith and Leslie both to the final three and then dumped them both for Teresa because Leslie and Faith shared those qualities of of not having had really stable backgrounds. You know, their their childhoods were difficult. Their family situations were difficult. They were very vulnerable with him about that and how much um, anxiety that gave them and sense of inadequacy. And, you know, their adult relationships didn't work out the way they wanted and the insecurity they had about that and how they felt not good enough. And it sort of seems like he brought them along because he thought they were fun and exciting, but not wife material. Because then he dumped them for someone who had been married for 50 years. And he is later very explicit that that is a reason that he chose Teresa. And I was like, so you took these two women who you thought were fun and and cool and let them open up to you about their difficult pasts and how they never feel worthy of being chosen. And then you're just like, yeah, anyway, I'm going to very publicly reaffirm that for you. I was talking to my... Um, my sister-in-law's father over Thanksgiving, he's watching, he's been watching the show as, as have my parents. And he's been sure for a while that it was going to be Teresa. And his reasoning is he's in a support group for men who've let, lost their spouses to like memory dementia stuff. Um, and he said that one big topic of conversation is dating among these men. He said something he's observed among men in this demographic is that they consider widows to kind of be like the quote gold standard. And there is a feeling among some of these men that if a woman has been divorced, that that's a sense of failure in some capacity, whereas a widow has has a successful track record. Right. She didn't and I screw up to, a marriage. Well, you know, right. she just exactly. killed the exactly. husband. She's not. Right. <laughs> it's like. And I just started to feel that like and that argument, frankly, that he made to me really turned me to like made me sure that it was going to be Teresa heading into this week. And then seeing the way that these conversations played out, 
it felt really clear that that was part of what was going on. Yeah, it's a dynamic I don't think we often see on the, you know, the original Bachelor, because um, I I often get the sense that younger men like know they should pick the wifey, but they really want the person that they feel is more exciting and fun. And it seems like Gary was really just like, gotta have the one with a proven track record of success on this one. And in the process, he really hurt two women who really want that for themselves and feel not good enough that they haven't had it. And he used it against them. And it just made me really sad. So (sighs) Leslie tells him that she doesn't know if she accepts his apology but she says she understands it. And I was I like, yes, that. do not accept I that loved, I loved that so much. So the woman has a way with words when... when um, She does. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And Gary says, you know, it's a big pill to swallow. You know, the, the feelings don't go away. I'll, we'll always cherish... I'll always cherish the memories we made, but I had to find that one person I couldn't live without. I was on a mission. Trista programmed me with this mission, and she sent me into the field, and... I was laser focused on the objective and I did find that person. Like she doesn't need to hear that. Yeah, no one cares. She she knows. You're with, <laughs> we'll whatever. get to that. Um, and Jesse asks if she wishes he hadn't said I love you. And she says no. She says it's opened her heart to the man, the person who's out there for her. She's been single for so long and now she knows that she needs a man with integrity and kindness and that she deserves that. Yeah, and then I expected them to announce her as Golden Bachelorette and they didn't. I, Furious. I was like, she she gave them the leading. Isn't that what we're doing next? But apparently it wasn't. (laughs) No. If she's not, whatever. Then we just went went to a shingles ad after that. (laughs) Can we talk about the the ads for one quick second? (laughs) Please. There are a lot of, uh, I will say they've gotten less demographically specific because (laughs) in in the premiere, they were, it was like, all ads specifically for seniors and there's more of a mix this time i want to say also i know a lot of non-seniors who have gotten shingles recently so let's you know anyone can have shingles you guys any any of us that grew up and had chicken pots when we were little and the vaccine is you know i i'm a big proponent of the vaccine i'm glad they're advertising shingles are terrible but it was just one disease after another disease (laughs) with you know walmart and old navy in there and then another disease so Yes, so then we went to a shingles ad. Um, and- dark, very dark. Uh, and then she says that she's just hurt, not angry. She wants him and Teresa to be happy. And this is when Gary oh really God. loses me, I think, I- permanently. Gary makes the most wild, ill-advised response to all of Leslie's genuine vulnerability and hurt over a relationship that she thought was going to be a lasting one. I think we have a clip, actually hoping and praying that you find happiness in your own way. Whatever that looks like for you, I hope that you find that. And I do think that through the course of the show, your confidence and your hope and the humor that you brought is so incredibly attractive to so many men that that you should enjoy your near future. Well, Leslie Gary. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I was screaming, I was screaming at the TV. Stop talking, Gary. Shut up. Stop, stop, stop. Like, this is that... I'm sorry not to generalize a whole generation, but this felt like such a paternalistic boomer man thing to say of just like, 
well, little girl, go forth because other men will find you attractive. Congratulations. You should enjoy your near future. I deemed you worthy for other men. Not for me. fuck off. She gives this very quick little involuntary looking pain smile like she's really offended. And then she She like actually looks down and away from him. No, it's just so palpable how offended she is. You don't often see a lead actively offend one of the people they've rejected on stage in a it was new just way. so unnecessary. <laughs> and it like, was, didn't have it was to say even that. worse than, than the way you just described it, Emma, because it was all those things that, you know, oh, look, I deemed you worthy. But it was even, it's you grew into a worthy oh, person to me. under my tutelage <laughs> and yes. my gaze. And so now you are ready to go for it. Yeah. Um, he, he's yeah. all but also, saying, you're welcome. You're welcome to <laughs> some other man that I... I think you could probably fuck in the near future. I also, like, yes, I don't want to overread this, but this whole little speech is dripping with, I don't know if you're really cut out for marriage, but I guess, I bet you'll have a really fun and active dating life after this. Someone like, will I find think you're you a good time girl. Attractive. Yeah. A lot of men are going to find you attractive. So have fun with that. She told you also, she like, wasn't looking for that. She, she wanted commitment with Prince. you. She knows men find her attractive, okay? That's not the problem. This absolutely reeked to me of, I didn't think that you were suitable for settling down with, but that's okay. There's, happiness is going to look different for you. It's going to look like having fun <laughs> with all the men who find you attractive. <laughs> Enjoy. She doesn't want that, Gary. Like, fuck off. This made me, my eye fully started twitching. I was re- like, really not okay. I Leslie looked furious. As she should be. Okay, and then so. <laughs> I feel like Jesse was like, oh no, this is going off the rails. And Jesse just like cuts him off and is like, okay, thank you. <laughs> He's like, thank you, Gary and Leslie. What thank you so much. Incredible conversation. Moving Let's on. Let's go back the to Costa Rica all- before we decide we don't want to see Gary find happiness with anyone. <laughs> Gary is ready to propose to the second love of his life, Teresa. And he says that when he looked towards the volcano as he got ready, he was asking Tony if this was the right thing to do. He says a prayer. His prayers go to her that she's guiding him, which I love. Apparently, his religion is that God is a woman who is his late wife. She answers his prayers. Sign me up. Sign me up. Absolutely. God is Tony. Okay, I believe in God. (laughs) He's pretty comfortable that she approves, and I'm sure she would, uh, that he found happiness with, with a nice woman who loves him. Teresa is in a classic Teresa look. It's sort of a daringly low-cut silver gown with the high slit. I did not love it. <clears throat> it did not. Yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> love it. I liked the sequins. This is not about comment on Teresa. She looked beautiful. There was a weird, like, lilac waist belt Yeah, happening. the waist belt confused That me. did not, that should have not been there. Because like, it looks I think like if you're it gonna might go... be supposed to match the silver. You know, it was like yeah. a little too close, but exactly. not close enough. I just think it, if you're going to go for that sort of drapey look, like just lose the belt. Yeah. You need to simplify. I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't quite work. But she doesn't know that Leslie's gone. She tells Jesse she's concerned. She doesn't know how his time with Leslie went. Gary, however, is excited to see her. She knows, he knows that seeing her will make him feel calm because he'll have a partner. She's a wonderful woman, charming, affectionate, smart, perceptive, and intuitive. I will say that we almost never hear younger bachelors name specific good qualities about their I did partners like aside this. from being beautiful. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, this was this was great. These I, were I good words. That, These were yeah. great words. These were yeah. specific. They were they were you know not generic. They actually applied to her. No, these were excellent words. 
I was, yes. I was and pleased. I do believe he really loves her and sees her in, in these ways. You know, I definitely buy that. She floats down to Gary. They kiss. She has her speech prepared. And it's sort of political. She's like, the yeah. world thinks love is only for the young. And I'm here to tell you, at 70, I had begun to think the same. In After case Billy... you had not gotten the point <laughs> of this I loved it. They were like, show, here I it, am. It, it, it's like the version of essay writing where it's like, and now you need to restate the thesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you can write your concluding paragraph. Yes, exactly. After Billy, she thought she'd lived the rest of her life alone until she met him, saw his smile, and thought, oh my God, what am I feeling here? And as time went on, she felt it more until the point that she's madly in love with him and she wants to spend the rest of her life with him. Gary decides to have a little fun with this one. He says... Maybe too much. Too yeah, much, definitely say, what too did we, much. What did we think of this? Because I, I was not I a fan, it. but yeah. I was not a fan. Gary says that all morning, he's been thinking, how did a guy from nowhere, Indiana, wind up in Costa Rica at the age of 72 looking for love? And then he thought of the first night and how with her entrance from the limo, he'd seen all of her. But then fortunately, that wasn't the case because they had so much more to discover. This is like a callback to her wearing a little like Carrie Bradshaw style naked dress under her coat. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. They had more to discover. And then he thought of their date at the diner and how they couldn't stop talking and how much in common they had. I have to say that a few episodes in this in this episode, I was like, Gary's not a good storyteller. Like, I'm confused about what he's trying to convey here. It's a little all over the place. But he's leading up to this, this moment when he tells her that when he woke up this morning, it was difficult. He had really mixed feelings. And he came to the realization that you're not the right person for me to live with. He stops for like five or 10 minutes to let her really take <laughs> that in. So she, her face <laughs> drops. She looks confused. And she says, oh, okay. She handled it relatively well. I thought she, she stayed. Comp- she's she like, did. you know, and, and again, like she yeah, needed to take care of him for a moment. Like, it's okay. Like, don't worry. I'm okay. It's okay. And, and I it was just rude to her. I, I was like, this him. is too long. I hated this is too him long of a pause. <laughs> I hated him. Sorry, this is just not nice. It, it, yeah. was, it, it was not funny. It was not dramatic. It was simply not nice. You needed nice. to do like a, va- a very slight pause, like a short pause if you're going to try this thing. You don't, you don't like deliver the whole sentence, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> wait for her to start like a being about to cry and say you're the person i can't live without well this is the thing she waited long enough to be like okay this isn't a bit that he's doing it's really not me he gave her that amount of time where it was no longer really (laughs) reasonable to think that it was a bit and then once she really believed that he was dumping her he was like psych why 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 be a dick in this moment for television, obviously. <sighs> Teresa is so relieved. She throws her arms around him. He tells her he will choose her every day. He gives her a giant ring. And I I really felt for Leslie because saying, I will choose you every day seems almost more like a dig at Leslie than an affirmative thing about Teresa because the whole, like, I want to be chosen thing was so much more Leslie's thing. 
Also, I will choose you every day as opposed to Leslie, who I chose for that one day, but then that I changed my day, mind. And then I went back on it, but you get more than one day. It's so yeah. cool for you. Yeah. I never told Leslie <sighs> that I would choose her every day, unless I <laughs> did. He the may the have. For all suite. we know, he may have. For all we know. And he offers her the final rose, which is literally made of gold. Looked pretty heavy. <gasps> Gary's daughters and granddaughters run out to hug and toast with them. They're glowing. Teresa says Tony and Billy would be happy for them, and I'm sure that they would. And then, and then we're back to the, the live studio audience. Gary and Teresa come out together. Teresa's in a sequined white mini dress, and she's showing she off amazing. her giant princess cut ring. She looked, she looked really good. I liked this dress. I enjoyed her in a more like nude lipstick shade. I thought it was a nice change. She looked she looked amazing. And Teresa says that she actually didn't tell her sisters she won. I don't even know how that would be possible. Um, so they are excited to be out of hiding. And Jesse asks what changed on the overnight date. And Teresa turns to Gary in a, in a sort of, like, knowing way. It's like, yeah, what was it, Gary? And everyone laughs. And Gary says, there were moments in conversation that were subtle realizations. I realized all of a sudden, here's a woman who knew how to maintain and nurture a relationship. Okay, of- okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. With 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 Leslie in the wings, having just left that same seat, saying that you know it's it's all because I'm divorced, isn't it? It's all because I'm I'm ruined goods. It's yeah. it's because he could have said anything else. Yes, he did not have this to say that. First of so... all, he refused to say to Leslie what she did wrong. When clearly he does actually feel that she was too damaged for him on mm-hmm. some level, he refused to say that. Fine, he did. He thought it would be more hurtful than it was worth. To be honest, whatever. But then he goes out and does it anyway when she's off stage and can't like slap him in the face, <laughs> like. What yeah, the here's fuck? a woman who knows how to maintain and nurture a relationship, as opposed to those other women I dated who clearly don't. Also, like, what kind of criteria is it that both of them seem to have that their relationship is based on the fact that the other one has been in as much pain as they have, and that the other one talks to their dead spouse all the time? And and this is what this relationship is. This is the criteria they keep coming up with is... I, we went through this same thing so you understand. And so that that is the foundation of a relationship. And I do think it is something important to understand about someone if you are going into a relationship with them after they have suffered a huge loss. Absolutely, you need to understand it. But there's something a little sad about this is why we fit together is because yeah. we have both yeah. lost people to death shared pain yeah yeah and i i just also kind of resent the idea that you are somehow inherently better or more skilled at relationships because you happened to meet someone when you were a teenager that you stayed with for decades like yeah there are a lot of reasons uh, that people enter yeah, and exit relationships that have exactly. nothing to do with some sort of very innate abilities exactly yeah i ugh, i was really horrified by this if i were leslie i would 
probably immediately no longer care if he found happiness, to be honest. <laughs> be like, I take back every nice-ish thing I said to you. That was just a real dick move. And Teresa then says, since he's not going to tell you what really happened on overnights, I'll tell you. I knocked his boots off. Big laughs. I do that think was, that... That was a cute moment. Yeah, Teresa has been positioned as sort of like the almost annoyingly earnest foil to Leslie, who is fun and funny. And it does seem like her relationship with Gary contains more humor and lightheartedness than has been part of her branding on the show. Yeah, and absolutely. So, there probably are those compatibilities that we just didn't get a chance to see. I think that they probably are the more compatible couple, and I wished them, like, all the happiness. I think none of our critiques, obviously, have to do with that or in conflict with that. Um, and I, I also just appreciated that Teresa moved on instead of, like, responding, like, thank you so much, Gary. Yes, I do know. I, I do know how to do that. She was just like, no, I banged him and it was awesome. So <laughs> let's talk about what's really important. Yeah, <laughs> I just it was it was great. It lightened the mood. It was like a good way to move off of that weird yeah. comment. And Jesse then says something about how this shows there's no age limit on love, yada, yada. Teresa says something about how you should always tell people you love them no matter what age you are, blah, blah, blah. Jesse ask Gary why their golden couple story is so inspiring. And Gary just doesn't answer this. He's like, my life changed so much from doing this show. And then Teresa has to take over and answer the question. And it's like, I think it's just given hope to so many people. I have a feeling Gary was done. That he he had had to say, (laughs) this is inspirational. You can find love it. And I mean, he had to say so many versions of that. He'd just run out of them. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we did. We honestly didn't need that again. It's like, we yeah. get it, guys. Yes. I yes, mean, we're all, that's the point. This is why yes. I'm yada yadaing all of this. It's like, yeah. it's, we get like, it. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And Nothing is being said here. Our next Bachelor, Joey, our Byzantine Bachelor, everyone. <laughs> He's here. He's finally here. And I have a huge crush on him. Yeah, he says some <laughs> boilerplate to them about how they have inspired him to bring the same love and warmth to his relationship going forward, very strongly implying that he found love on the show. And we get a little sneak peek of his season, which looks like a bachelor season, uh, pretty normal. But the thing that stood out to me is, yes, I do have a crush on Joey. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I was into, in any sense, an no. upcoming bachelor. It's been many I, years. Do you think, like, when would it have been? Like, me? Like a little bit, Ben Higgins, maybe. Maybe Ben. Yeah, it's been a yeah, long time. So yeah, uh, yeah. This is a new feeling, and I really enjoy it. I was getting warm and fuzzy just watching Joey's sweet smile. Yeah, I had I never, I had never seen him before because, as you know, I stopped watching for years until this, which kind of charity my interest. So good, right? Okay, good, good to know. Um, but but charity yeah, season he, was fantastic. He was. Cute. He's cute. He's cute. He's, um, he was, he was, yes, he was interesting to me. Yeah, he's cute. (laughs) He's cute. And like, I didn't instantly want to fall asleep whenever he was on screen. Also, I'm really into the pink suit that they have him in. It's like a dark pink. For his promo shot. It's like, it's different. It's, it's very good. He's doing different, different things, uh, with his look. He got a new haircut. I don't know. I just love Joey. Can't wait to hate him by the end of the season. Yeah, can't wait for him to disappoint (laughs) us in some way. Back to the golden couple briefly. Before we close out, Teresa says that they have been deepening their relationship. Every day they talk for hours, and then they have the classic, no, you hang up fight. 
And Gary's daughter, Angie, says that Teresa is a bonus. They just wanted their dad to end up happy, and he did. But also, they love Teresa, and she's fabulous. And then Jesse says, remember that big surprise I promised you? It's that we're sending Teresa and Gary to Italy. And I was like, what is this? Why would anyone care about this other than them? But it turns out they're all in cahoots to slow roll the big reveal here, which is that this will be their honeymoon because he and Teresa are getting married live on ABC January 4th. You know what? Get that money, get that wedding paid for by ABC. I respect it. ABC is like, this show's been a damn success for us. Who doesn't love a special at the top of the year? So I guess we will be back to recap yeah. their wedding at some point. Lisa, will you be watching the wedding? I, I will be watching the wedding. I'm wondering whether or not Leslie's going. Oh my God. Ooh. I was thinking about that. Like how many of the women end up invited? I, I feel like Teresa, like no one, none of the other women were close with Teresa. But they know all of them say that they like her. You know, it's not a thing where it seems like they're on the outs. Like everyone's no, like, no, it's not on Teresa. Outs. I love Teresa. Even Kathy I, was like, we are good now. We're all friends. I just mean none of them seemed like particularly close with her. Right. I don't think anyone dislikes her. She did seem a bit of an outsider on a show where they were not really allowing for outsiders, where where the women were seemed quite determined. And I really respected that to act like civilized human beings yes. with each other. Um, so that's why I ask. You know there's yeah, going I wonder, to be... Uh, I wonder yeah. who's going to be there. Or are they going to like... Okay, because my thing is like, when are they making the Golden Bachelorette announcement? How dare they not announce Leslie immediately? How dare they not have this show in the work? So I'm like, do they spin the wedding into like an announcement too in some way? Oh, it would be rude, but like they could. <laughs> I think they, I hope that Leslie only goes if she's being announced as the Same. Golden Bachelor. Well, maybe she gets to bring some of the guys with her and they all, as her dates to the wedding. I, you know, we can do all sorts of spinoffs here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's true. They could, they could definitely have I mean, that be a date. I assume, I assume Joey will be there in promoting, to promote his season and Trista will be there. I genuinely wonder. I mean, I don't think Teresa is quite this level of girl's girl, but it would be hard for me to look at my partner the same way after he was such a dick to my friend for getting divorced. But uh, I think that if I were Gary, I would probably not want Leslie at the wedding after all that Yes, same. (laughs) Oh, man. Lisa, do you have any closing thoughts on this season or this episode before we wrap? I still am glad they did it. I still found it, you know, truly a a breath of fresh air is the phrase we used a lot, you know, because we've come full circle. I was here at the beginning. I'm here at the end. Um, I'm not nearly as enamored with um, Gary as I was at the start. I I become progressively, you know, he's, (laughs) Emma wrote about this. He's Ken and they're all Barbie. You know, and and he was fine, but they were really cool and interesting. And I would love to see this evolve to the point where we could stop talking about the great metaphor that this is and the moral of this story and the fact that you can actually go on dates when you're 70 years old, right? I'd like to just be able to 
have it exist as opposed to being hit over the head with the fact that this is just so amazing. Um, because it isn't, it's, it's really just life. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a bit more disappointed in him. I'm getting a little bit tired of being told how this was just, you know, a, a the most important thing that has ever happened. Um, and what, what was it that Jesse said? A cultural movement, not just a show, I think. Was, yeah, was, was it a cultural movement? I think movement. Teresa said that. Um, I maybe. Oh, that was Jesse? That was Jesse? Someone yeah. said it, and I would like to hear it a little less because it's yeah. only a cultural movement if you stop telling everyone it's a cultural movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a little quieter. Yeah, let other. Yeah. You have to let. Once you make the media, you actually yeah. have to let They're other like, can people you believe, decide. <laughs> can you believe that we're ending ageism right here on ABC? <gasps> yeah, no, it, it was it was amazing. We're, we're ending ageism, but only for people who've had a successful forty year marriage. That's just <laughs> how it goes. That's you know. Them's the breaks. And wear a lot of sequins. So, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone in the audience was wearing sequins. It seems that there was a dress code. <laughs> I don't know. But I did enjoy seeing some of our other golden ladies in the in the audience. They had great, gave, gave great facial expressions throughout. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a delight. Thank you for really bookending this journey for us. And thank um, you for having me. And Claire, it's great having you back. Thank you. It's great to be back. I'm glad we got to recap together once this season. And now it's time for our final love to see it and hate to see it of Golden Bachelor. Let's start with love to see it. And as I said earlier... We loved to see all of our golden gals in the live studio audience. Joan, all of Askin. Oh, <laughs> they're Askin. We're Askin they're, and they're Talon. They're Talon. I just, the faith was there. Just the incredible, oh, Sandra, the incredible facial expressions all of them were giving throughout were really giving me life. They, Susan was just like, had a look of complete horror on her face as Gary was dumping Leslie. And I was like, yes, this, I, I yeah. needed, I, I did wish we got like a scene of all of them rushing the stage to hug Leslie. But short of that, yeah, we love to see it. I honestly, we talk about the Golden Bachelorette. I doubt that the quality of men that we would get for a full cast would would be up to my standards, but if they can't do that, I would really love to see them do a reality show just in the vein of Real Housewives, but with them and just sort of following their lives together and their friendships and they could go on girls trips and like bring in their guys that they're dating for double dates. I don't know. I would really enjoy seeing more of them. I also love to see Teresa's ease with Gary's daughters and just the way that they were able to connect on those meetings. It was really sweet to see. Also, love to see Angie just absolutely ribbing her dad about knocking boots. A brave <laughs> woman. She's, she's not afraid to get in there. <laughs> she's fun. Uh, I love to see Leslie absolutely letting Gary fucking have it. In the midst of this terrible breakup scene, she is not at a loss for words. And... I was like, yes, Leslie, you can think whatever the fuck you want. Gary's not the boss of you. And I love that she had the wherewithal in that moment to be like, hey, like, knock it off. That's not okay. She, she really delivered, like, 
It's like the dream scenario in a breakup where you just actually articulate all of the things that are on your mind in a a devastating and articulate way. Also, love to see Leslie saying that, like, maybe she doesn't accept Gary's kind of shitty apology. Really appreciated that. She said, I appreciate your apology. I don't know if I accept it. (laughs) My queen. The people's golden bachelorette. I also... I did love to see, I mean, I liked to see, I guess, a happy relationship between two people coming out of this season. They seem compatible, Teresa and Gary. They have a good energy together on stage at the end. And it seems like they have a lot to talk about. And that's great. You know, coming after the Leslie breakup, it was hard to really get it up for this. But I am happy for them. And I, I was happy to see that. We always love love. I also, as a lighthearted one, just love to see the randomness of celebrity in the audience, including Reese Witherspoon's daughter and Jennifer Love Hewitt, which I did discover, I think it's because she's in an ABC show that they were running a promo for during the commercial breaks. This so, is the hottest ticket you know, in Hollywood, friends. Yeah. Everyone wants to be there. <laughs> They're just doing that, that strong ABC network cross promo. I would have loved to see that, but I literally didn't see it because <laughs> I was having a struggle viewing, as I mentioned. But that's amazing. Okay. I'm going to blame Max. <laughs> Let's move on to hate to see it. A lot, really, lot on this list. A lot on this list. I really hated to see Leslie getting dinged by Gary's family for expressing really honestly the way that she processed the concept of till death do us part. As I said earlier, it felt like a really vulnerable moment in which she was expressing her commitment and it was taken in kind of the opposite way. Yeah. And this is just like an absolutely classic Bachelor moment where people are like, I'm so afraid that it will be held against me that, you know, my parents are divorced or that I'm divorced or that I already have a child. And the lead is like, of course not. Let me make you feel so safe and secure. Of course not. And then everyone's like, yeah, they're damaged. Yeah, oh, Man, real damage. I don't know about that. <laughs> I also hated to see Leslie completely knowing just from these subtle cues that Gary was off and that he was not feeling the same way about her as he had felt before, that he was about to dump her. And and yet having to drag it out of him that, you know, she had to suffer through this day of sensing that the end was coming, and yet he couldn't be honest with her until the bitter end. Um, that was really hard to watch. Yeah. I also hated to see Gary treating his breakup with Leslie super coldly, like a manager doing a layoff or promoting a more junior employee over a senior employee. Like, it was just, it was very cold and a big change in his demeanor towards her. And I just, it made me really sad. Yeah. We don't love to see the logical businessman side of Gary in this context. It was not a good look. We also hate to see Leslie feeling yet again like she is the woman who is never chosen and like she's running out of time. Like these are really, really painful uh, things to feel. And as she noted, she was set up to have so much hope. And that is what made the pain of feeling that way so much sharper that she was prepared to finally not have to feel like she was not going to be chosen, like she is not worthy of being chosen. And instead that was ripped away and the fall was very hard. 
We also hated to see Gary lumping Leslie in with Faith and Ellen when he was apologizing to her and then subsequently telling her that other men will definitely find her attractive. Fuck off, Gary. It's rude. Yeah. Like, honestly, why can't you just be like, you deserve to be chosen. You deserve love. I yeah, you really deserve wish better I could have given give that you. to you. I'm so sorry. I'm any so man, sorry we didn't work out. Any man who, like, can choose you for the rest of his life will be so lucky why not oh you're gonna have a lot of fun with all the men sliding into your dms fuck out of here gary absolutely ridiculous gary praising Teresa for quote knowing how to have a successful marriage (laughs) hate it hate it it. i mean i mean uh, just say absolutely saying the quiet part out loud at the end of this long journey. Telling on himself in a truly incredible way. Yeah. Oh, uh, me picking the the one woman who had been widowed instead of the women who have been divorced that, that I dated. Yeah, that was because I view their divorces as a sign of their brokenness. Yes, that is accurate. Um, they're not good enough and they should feel that way. And <sighs> finally, we fucking hate to see Leslie not being announced as Golden Bachelorette. Rob Mills, if you are listening to this or waiting, we're ready. This was a beautiful season, but we all know Leslie is the people's golden bachelorette. She deserves her moment in the sun. It's the least that we can do for her. So come on. Yeah. Let's let's make it happen. Everyone's behind her. And now it's time to rate this finale episode. Gary's grand zaddy energy out of 10 winks. This is my first, my first time rating Gary, and it's not going to be a good one. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Claire. We've had we've had a season of like eights. Now I think we had a ten episode. Whoa! This is a precipitous drop. Like like maybe three. It that feels low. generous. Even I mean, I am being generous. He's I'm getting some generous. points for you know his good happy vibe with Teresa at the end. But basically, none of the rest of it is giving me Grand Zaddy energy. I agree. So I'm at like a 2.5. I mean, even his proposal to Teresa, to me, was really not only kind of mean, but sort of absurd in its meanness. Like, he just seemed like a silly boy doing a little bit. It's like... So true. You know, it's... You're the person I can't live without. Like... Come on, grow up. This is a proposal. Be a grand zaddy. Be a grand okay. zaddy, please. I was 2. really 5. disappointed. 2.5 winks Me for, too. for I Gary. We, I thought we might not end on a high note, but no. He's a so. Uh. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Lisa Belkin. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon, Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word to all of your friends about Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarinemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at clarinemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clarinemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. 
And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back on Monday with our Bachelor in Paradise recap. Stitcher.